Hi, I'm Daniel. Hi, I'm JT. The purpose of this video is to talk about the top three things that the governing body is misleading Jehovah's Witnesses on. Number one, wait on Jehovah to right the wrongs. Number two, if you leave the watchtower, you're leaving God. And number three, the governing body standing in for Jesus. You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, JT, let's start with number one. Wait on Jehovah to right the wrongs. Talk to me. Well, there are many different aspects of this concept of wait on Jehovah. Uh, when a witness starts waking up and they begin to share what they're finding out with someone in the congregation, maybe their husband, their wife, children, whatever, you typically will get two responses, typically. You'll get the witness who will just simply shut down. No, this is wrong. These are lies. And they'll just go on and on and on and on. They, they don't want to hear nothing. That's the unprofessional Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> the professional Jehovah's Witness, the one who is politically correct, what he would do is he would oftentimes acknowledge what you're saying. Yes, that is true, brother. Because that's the way it was with me. When I got ready to talk to people, I, I didn't have, I literally had no one who said, JT, that's a lie. That's a lie, JT. That's just a lie. No, 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 no. Everyone I talked to was, yes, you know, the brothers, uh, they have oftentimes gone beyond things that they need to go beyond. But that's why we need to wait on Jehovah. And so all of a sudden, they don't deny that what they're teaching is wrong. They don't deny that it was never in the Bible. They simply tell you now, wait on Jehovah. Go sit down and just wait. And so this is what happens. And so as a result, a witness is like, well, maybe I'm not waiting on God. And as long as he's thinking that he's not waiting on God, then he will stay because he's going to wait on God. But the moment you realize this ain't got nothing to do with waiting on God, these guys just know what they was talking about. They just didn't know what they was talking about. They made this up. Once you reach that point in your life, man, you're like, I, I, I can't do this no more. And so you realize it has nothing to do with waiting on Jehovah. So over the years, we've discussed in many videos, what has happened is they got the train rolling. It came out of the station. Now it's going down the hill and they can't stop it. And they don't want to stop it because it benefits them so well. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where we kind of stuck with this organization. And so that's why many people are simply looking out the window and they're seeing we're going in the wrong direction down the track. And for myself and others that you and I know and people we've talked to, they made a decision, I got to get off this train. And that's what we did. We got off the train. Okay, JT, let's go to topic number two. If you leave the watchtower, you are essentially leaving God. Tell me about how that's true. This has a tremendous impact on a lot of people. It causes some people to literally fall into depression because they have left Jehovah is what they believe. We see it oftentimes in the comment section on our videos. People are still talking in the context of, I've, I've left God, I've left Jehovah. Well, you didn't leave Jehovah, you didn't leave God. You left a Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, a publishing organization. That's what you left. And when people begin to understand what they have left, then it has a whole different viewpoint that they will have. And for some people, they never actually get over that. And they reach the point where they just feel, I am unworthy. I'm unworthy of even continuing to live. And that's when we hear about people who end up committing suicide because they actually still believe, even though they've left, 
that they have left God simply because they disagree with a group of individuals out of the state of New York in the United States. It is absolutely amazing the power that a high control group can have on individuals. Okay. Well, JT, let's talk about that a little further. Now, certainly the individual may have these feelings in their head and their heart, depression and deep thoughts about sadness and escaping. But what about the Jehovah's Witness organization, the Watchtower, the culture that's created, shunning, character assassination, uh, uh, this fellowshipping? Is this an intentional strategy to uh, put a, a witness that's thinking about leaving in that state? Or is this just kind of accidental culture that's been created over time? Actually, actually, it is probably one of the Watchtower's greatest tools. People often ask the question, do you think that the Watchtower will ever get rid of the shunning uh, policy, disfellowshipping and disassociation and, and lighten up as it were, like they were many, many years ago. They weren't, they didn't, they, it was not as crushing as it is today. Today it is absolutely crushing. In fact, it's expanding. Mm. When, the, when you look at what is happening today where even people who are missing too many meetings, you're not coming to enough meetings, now, these individuals have been getting phone calls from family like, are you coming back to the Kingdom Hall? Regularly. Not once a month, but regularly. Well, if you're not, then I can't have anything to do with you. So they're actually expanding this entire culture of we will shut you out of any association, any contact with family. And they're allowing the witnesses to do it on an individual basis, which is kind of cool because then they don't have to take responsibility for it. They'll simply say, well, that was his mother. She decided that she didn't want to talk to her son anymore. Mm -hmm. But the reason the mother is taking that position is because that's what they've been talking to them about at a lot of their assemblies and meetings and just in general. This is the new culture. So it is definitely by intent, and it is undoubtedly the most powerful tool that the Watchtower has to keep people in control. The number of people, Daniel, who are literally staying in this religion right now just because this shunning policy is unreal. I mean, there's some of you who are sitting here right now, and they're like, if they stop that shunning, I'd be out of the ma. But because of the impact that it will have on them in so many ways, many people, unfortunately, they're staying much longer than they probably intend on staying. So love, the lack of love, is their leverage tool. Am I hearing that right? Love and the lack of love is their leverage tool to keep people in? and keep people out from coming in, like you, me, Lady C. Talk to me. And what's so amazing about this lack of love, man, this is what really is, is really frightening, um, is this thing is like a, it's, it's like electric switch, on, off. I mean, on, off, it's, it's not, it's typically not gradual. This thing cuts on and off. Today, they, I love, they love you to death, tomorrow, nobody will speak to you. Mama, daddy, brother, sister, so this is what, High control groups, or as we often refer to as cults, this is what they do. They shut you out. And it's real painful, Daniel, because, you know, as a Jehovah's Witness, especially if you um, are, are, are an active or you're trying to be a good witness, you you literally um, have very little to do with people outside the organization. So the organization people are the only people you have, and now you're facing losing those. And, man, it is painful. I mean, I tell people, read through the comment sections of not only our videos, but all the videos that you see that are being put on the internet, and people will share with you just how painful it is to have to call their parents, their parents pick up the phone, recognize their voice, and hang the phone up. 
I mean, it, it's, 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 it's unreal. I mean, it is literally unreal. So tell me then, when you were an elder, what were your thoughts on this leverage point about love and lack of love and turning the switch on and off? Did you catch this when you were back then? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, for the most part, you don't. And here's the reason why. The Watchtower teaches that disfellowshipping is a loving arrangement. And so here you're part of a group that is telling you that treating this person this way is a loving thing. And when you think about it, Daniel, it's really nothing new. I mean, throughout the history of religious organizations going all the way back into, you know, years and years ago, the mistreatment of people in the community was considered a loving thing to do. I mean, that was a time just in this country alone where women had to walk around for big old A on their chest as they walked around. But they considered that was a loving thing. That's a loving thing. Put them in their place. And so when you're able to teach people that your course of action is a loving thing, then it's understandable. Even the Apostle Paul said there would come a day where people would offer you up and kill you. And what would they say? They said, we did a service to God. So it's really nothing unusual. It's really nothing unique. It's just one of the aspects of what happens when people become involved in a high control group. The Watchtower literally gave us a value system that is upside down. When you tell someone that this person's mama don't even talk to him because they don't go to the same church, the average person in your job looks like you're crazy. Yet if you were to tell it to a witness, do you know what they would be told? Hang in there, sister. Hang in there, brother. You're doing the right thing. That's And so we had a value system that was turned upside down. This is all we knew, and we lived it every day. JT, let's talk about the third way the governing body is misleading. How is the governing body standing in for Jesus and misleading the Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah, the way, the way the governing body basically stands in, in place of Jesus is how they take on this role. And that is everything goes through them. Uh, basically, the governing body, and now they've taken on this title called the faithful and discreet slave. You must now come through them in order to get to Jesus. For example, there's a June 15, 1957 watchtower, which really drives that point home. Note what it says. Respond to the directions of the organization as you would the voice of God. June 15th Watchtower, 1957, page 370. Now notice the contrast from their previously held views about the organization. We would not refuse to treat one as a brother because he did not believe the society is the Lord's channel. There should be full liberty of conscience. April 1st, 1920, page 100 and 101. Yeah, but JT, someone might be listening and thinking, that's old, like that's 1957. What's that got to do with 2020? Is that still true today? Well, see, that's what makes it interesting. This position has never been rescinded. If anything, they've taken on even a greater role. Mm. Uh, and the Watchtower, it made an interesting quote, and this is found in the simplified edition of the Watchtower. It really tells all of mankind the only way that you can get God's approval. Note what it says. This is how you get God's approval. In the simplified Watchtower of 2011, June 15th, on page 24, it states, We need to obey the faithful and discreet slave to have Jehovah's approval.
So if the governing body or the faithful and discreet slave is standing in for Jesus, essentially, and I am a member of the great crowd, I pray through Jesus. I don't pray through the governing body or the faithful and discreet slave. So if they're acting as my mediator, are my prayers being heard? Or how does this work, JT? Yeah, that's a good question. And that's and that's why when then that takes us back to what you and I were discussing before. This is what makes the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses so convoluted. Why are you praying through Jesus if he's not your direct mediator? Instead, you have this quasi mediator program that's been set up between you and Christ. Oh, and so this it. once again drives home the point that we've talked about so many times. When you start asking critical thinking questions the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses, they begin to fall apart. That is why you can't ask too many questions. When you have convoluted teachings, it requires that they not be challenged, they not be questioned. Because the questions that you have raised are excellent questions. Well, what does it do about a person's sin? What does it do about a person when you say, I ask all these things through Jesus' name? It raises those questions. And if you were to ask a witness, they would simply respond the politically correct way by simply saying, well, Jesus is your mediator in a sense. And so as a result, now you have a choice as a Jehovah's Witness. You can keep on pushing it or you can just go back and be quiet and sit down. And that's what always happens to a Jehovah's Witness. It's, it's very unfortunate. I mean, it is literally very unfortunate. So you're making excellent points about the three things that the governing body does that are misleading the Jehovah's Witnesses. We said, number one, wait on Jehovah to make things right. Number two, we said, if you leave the watchtower, you're leaving Jehovah. And number three, governing body standing in for Jesus. Any final comments from you? You know, Daniel, it goes back to some of the videos we've done in the past as of why we want people to always be willing to ask questions, even questions you're not supposed to ask. Be sure to ask them. And the reason why is because their government, and the reason why is because understanding the role of the governing body, understanding the role of the faithful and the street slave and how they impact our lives as a witness is the key. Once you understand how they impact our lives, and how they have no business impacting our lives on so many of the issues that they did. Careers, education, goals, all of those things. These guys had no right whatsoever to take away from us something that we actually were entitled to. They took it away from us. And for those who have left this organization, we clearly, with, with clear eyes, we see all the things that these people took from us. And now, for many of us, we're trying to catch up. But we can all keep moving forward, and that's what we are doing. We encourage people, take one step at a time, and that's what we're doing, and keep on going. That's really the best thing that any of us can do. Recognize where we've been, turn around, and walk forward to where we're going. And that's really the whole key, because at this point, we understand that now I'm a critical thinker. JT? This has been an excellent conversation. This is Daniel. And this is JT. And we'll see you on the next video. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.